coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome Risa Gru. We should not be depriving ourselves. If your car needs gas, you say, no, 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 we'll wait. Let's wait till Thursday to put gas in the car. We don't do that, right? If our children are hungry, we feed them. We don't say, oh, no, 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 you got, you need some calorie restriction. So I think the diet has been so marketed to this temporary deprivation that is has a whole goal of weight loss. And weight loss is a side effect of wellness. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, thank you for pressing play today. My name is Ben Azadi. I am your host. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today's episode, we bring on functional nutritionist and certified autoimmune coach, Risa Gru, who has a brand new book called Food Frame. Diet is a four-letter word. You're going to hear why she hates the word diet. Look, her book has been endorsed by Dr. Stephen Gundry, who we recently had on the show. Also, Dr. Josh Axe. It's an awesome book, and we had a great conversation. We're going to deep dive into her history, and you're going to understand a little bit about her being a vegan, the changes she made on her journey to achieving optimal health. You're going to learn about Food Frame and the quizzes, the questions she has regarding it, how to find your unique individual approach. And it's a great way to find an approach that works best for your unique needs with your unique health history at this time and place. Because it's very important to understand this. Foods might be healthy for me. When I consume these foods, they might be healthy for me. But when you consume them, it might create an autoimmune response. It might create an inflammatory response. It could be a healthy food, but your body will respond differently. And that changes over time. So we'll get into that. We get into a popular question that I get asked all the time. Ben, I hit a weight loss plateau on keto. What do I do? And we get into five reasons why people don't lose weight, or why you hit a weight loss stall and what to do about it. We get into thyroid health and why TSH is not even a marker looking at thyroid health. We discuss the test that Risa looks at when it comes to thyroid health. T4, T3, T3 uptake, free T3, and so much more. She gave a mini masterclass on the thyroid. She explains why she hates the word diet. We get into her food framework. We discuss insulin resistance and why she has seen it really become reversed fairly easily along with type 2 diabetes. So we talk about that. We discuss her favorite test for assessing gut function, her three favorite sweeteners and the sweeteners to avoid. We discuss C-peptide markers looking at pancreatic health and insulin resistance and why you should not stay in ketosis forever, aka KetoFlex. I can't wait to bring her on. Before I do, I do want to get to the Apple Podcast rating review of the day from Rach. Five-star review, and here's what Rachel said. Love. Absolutely love Ben's show. I have been listening to him for about six months every single day. Finally stumbled across his podcast. So much of what he says has helped me stay on track during my daily life. Rach, that is awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and kudos to you for staying on track and taking action. Action takers rule the world. Information does not. It is the application of the right information 
that changes lives. So kudos to you. Congratulations. And thanks so much for taking the time to leave that rating and review. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating and review, please do so right now. Quick reminder that my latest book, the best-selling book, Keto Flex, is now available on Audible. We'll drop links down below for you to get it. If you're brand new to Audible, you could get it for free. If not, you could just add it to your cart and use a credit. So go get it. I narrated the whole book myself, and you're really going to love the audio version of Keto Flex. Check out the notes in the podcast notes. Before I bring on Risa, here's a quick message from today's sponsor. Did you know there's actually beverages that can supercharge your fasting results? My favorite, which is a keto powerhouse, is apple cider vinegar. There's a ton of research showing apple cider vinegar has been beneficial for boosting your metabolism, suppressing appetite, reducing fat storage. That's because apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid, which is a short-chain fatty acid that's been shown to promote weight loss in those ways. Also, apple cider vinegar is one of the best ways to balance your blood sugars. A study showed apple cider vinegar improved insulin sensitivity after high-carb meals up to 34%. We also know that apple cider vinegar stimulates digestion, acts as a bile stimulant to help break down the fat you're eating on keto. Another research study showed apple cider vinegar protects against mineral depletion. If you're like me, you probably don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar. I think it tastes disgusting. That's why my go-to is Paleo Valley's Apple Cider Vinegar Complex. This is an organic blend of apple cider vinegar and four more gut and health supportive superfoods. I take this before my meals. I take it before coffee. And this enhances my fast and my blood sugar regulation. You'll find it contains organic apple cider vinegar, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic Ceylon cinnamon, and organic lemon. Since you are a listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive discount code for you to get the apple cider vinegar complex capsules and all of the products over at Paleo Valley. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. By the way, they got delicious beef sticks and an awesome organ meat complex. Go check them out. Paleovalley.com. That is KetoCamp15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. Risa Grew is a functional nutritionist and certified autoimmune coach in a private practice in Newport Beach, California. She has always been passionate about health and nutrition. Risa was so concerned about purity that she made her children's baby food from scratch. Today, she is passionate about cooking and creating healthy, nutritious food. She works with a wide array of clients from professional athletes, adults, and kids to the biggest loser from season four. Risa works with issues like diabetes, autoimmune disease, cancer, digestion, thyroid, and hormone imbalances, to name a few. Risa firmly believes that the body can heal itself with whole foods we obtain from the earth and sees living proof of that in her office every single day. She looks at root causes using functional nutrition guidelines, blood and stool tests, and knows that weight loss is a side effect of wellness. Here's Risa Grew. Risa Grew, thank you for joining me on the Keto Camp Podcast today. Great to be here, Ben. Thanks for having me. So you have a new book that just came out, which we're going to dive deep into. It's called Food Frame. Diet is a four-letter word. I love that. And I totally agree. We'll talk more about that. But I'd love for you to share your story and how you even got involved with what you're doing. I know that you are a certified nutri- functional nutritionist and you focus a lot on autoimmune, which is so important. So how did that come about? So, you know, I grew up in a family where everybody was always on a diet. You know, I was just, my mother was on a diet. My grandmother was on a diet. And I was like, so fascinated. Why are some foods considered good and some foods considered bad? And what makes you fat? And why is this fattening? And it was just crazy, right? So I grew up around a lot of food relationship stuff. And, um, you know, then we're celebrated with food, then we're punished with food and we're rewarded. I mean, we use food as, you know, very different than just the fuel that it really is. And so it just always was fascinating to me. And I love to cook and I love to eat. And then um, I got pregnant right away after I got married. We had uh, conceived right away, no problem. And then when I was trying for my second baby, um, I just couldn't get pregnant. I couldn't hold a baby if I did get pregnant. 
and a lot of these fertility issues. So I ended up at a, a fertility doctor and um, he did my blood work and tested me and said, oh, you know, you have a, a, a low functioning thyroid, you're hypothyroid, and hands me a script for this medication. And I said, oh, how long do I take this for? And he said, every day. And I said, no, 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 how long do I take this? He said, oh, for the rest of your life. And I walked out so puzzled. Why would I be taking a synthetic medication to do something that my body was actually built to do? Aren't we asking the wrong questions? Shouldn't we be asking why is my thyroid not producing the hormones that it should be? And so I started a deep dive and then um, eventually did all kinds of different practices and um, a little bit different um, natural modalities and uh, acupuncture. And I ended up getting pregnant and having a great healthy pregnancy. And shortly thereafter, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And never did anybody ever say to me, "This is these are the foods to eat, these are the foods not to eat, this is the lifestyle. There was no supplementation, there was no recommendation, there was no list of how did I get this Hashimoto's? Why is my thyroid attacking itself, right? So I just was mystified at why nobody's talking about this. It happened right as when I was going to uh, school to become a, a clinical nutritionist, and I started to do some deep diving, and I compiled a list of root causes of why we get Hashimoto's or autoimmune disease, which is really growing population now, and um, it affects a lot of women, but it is a very big population. And and so I needed a list of root causes, and I started to, to create that list, and I went down the each one and I, you know, sure enough had them all. So I addressed each and every one. And um, I'm super excited to announce that today I'm about 10 points. I am 10 points away from reversing my Hashimoto's. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I was originally, isn't it great? I love that. No doctor ever told me that was possible either. So um, I'm doing my blood test this week. So I'll hopefully find out in a couple of weeks what, you know, that I've reversed it. But I went from 1,400 TPO thyroid peroxidase antibodies to 44. So oh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it can be done. And um, you kind of go through that checklist. You know, a third of that list is basically genetics. So my mother turns out has Hashimoto's. I think both my grandmothers had it, but nobody really got tested or diagnosed. And then the other big chunk is leaky gut. That's a really big issue. And when we have those holes in our intestinal lining, because we only have one layer of epithelial cells on that intestinal lining. So when there's those big gaping holes, we have all these proteins and toxins and all this uh, organ malfunction, stress, all these things go into the intestinal lining and cause the body goes through the bloodstream and the body says, who are you? You're coming in the back door, you're, you're an enemy. And it creates these antibodies. And then it's just a matter of where does it park itself, right? Where is it going to attack? So they're going to attack your joints for rheumatoid arthritis, your muscles for fibromyalgia, or your thyroid for Hashimoto's, various places. There's, you know, about 200 autoimmune diseases. So mm -hmm. that was a big factor. And then, of course, there's high levels of toxicity in mercury and um, lack of vitamin D could actually cause some autoimmunity and a gene mutation that's very, very common that I test for all the time called MTHFR, which, of course, I had. And so simple, easy fix. You just take a, a B vitamin um, in methylcobalamin form, which I do every day. And then viruses, Epstein-Barr virus and some particular viruses and pathogens are a big one too. So those, I test everybody for it. I do now practice functional nutrition and I have a very busy practice, which is great because I'm always looking at root causes and foundational issues, which turn out to be systemic inflammation and gut health. So those are the two things I focus on. I do a lot of extensive blood work and I do stool testing for every person I work with because we've got to know, we've got to have a roadmap to see what your individual blueprint looks like because you're different than somebody else. And all these books that come out with diet books or eating regimens are great for some, but they don't work for everybody. And that's why I created Food Frame. It's my methodology that not one diet fits all. Mm. You know, your story is so inspiring. And I'm, I'm sure there's many people listening right now who have autoimmune disease, whether you know it or not, because a lot of it takes 10 to 20 years before your conventional doctor even diagnoses you. But you're, you're a perfect example of the human's capability, the body's capability of, to heal itself and how we're designed to heal if you identify the interferences and work on removing that. And you're right at the door of reversing this 100%, which is amazing. 
and you said it, it's not just one thing. Yeah, diet could be part of it, or I should say lifestyle with the foods you eat should be part of it. But also mercury, you said heavy metals. I mean, mercury has an affinity for the thyroid, leaky gut. I mean, there's so many things to consider. So your book is great at kind of outlining what are the areas to focus on and then seeing what approach works for you, which we'll get to. But my question for you here now is the thyroid, right? Most doctors are not testing your reverse T3, your free T3. They're not doing all the markers because their treatment is the same. And what's the point? So they, the gold standard is TSH, which really has nothing to do with thyroid function. It's what the pituitary is producing. So can you explain a little bit more about that, what you test for, and what are you looking for with the thyroid function? I, you're so on it, Ben. I'm so excited that you <laughs> just do know. It's great. So I test for all nine markers of the thyroid. So exactly what you said, the TSH is made from the pituitary, um, which is the size and shape of a pea in the brain. And so that's what gets the ball rolling, right? And we create TSH, it goes through the liver. This is why I'm big about detoxing, because if we have fatty liver or congested liver, we're not doing that optimally. So that's the number one thing I do with people is put them on my detox. And then we create T4. T4 is our inactive thyroid hormone. It's 93% of the equation. That's a lot, right? And then that T4 needs to convert to T3. That is our active thyroid hormone. And it's only 7% of the equation. Now, when I assess thyroid or any hormones actually at all, I'm always looking at free and total. Free means it's unbound. That's what's usable to the body. Total is a, a sum of what's unbound and what's bound to proteins, not usable, but very helpful for guidance. And then, as you mentioned, we look at a reverse T3. Reverse T3 is when cortisol, our stress hormone, could be pulling. It's competing for that, that hormone, so it's pulling that, that T3 and reversing it, which is critical because that's our active thyroid hormone. Um, and then I look at T3 uptake, which is where estrogen or, or sex hormones can compete for the thyroid site. And if it wins out that thyroid site, we will absolutely uh, have a thyroid that could be struggling. Then I look at thyroid peroxidase antibody, TPO, and I look at thyroglobulin antibody, the two antibodies that really give an indication if we are in the state of attack on the thyroid. So that's what I look at for every single person I work with. I want you to imagine or have your listeners imagine this visual because I think this is really helpful. I I say this to all the people I work with in my office. We're trying to build a fire because your thyroid is such an important gland. It gives us a lot of energy source. It's our metabolism, our temperature gauge. It helps with growth. I mean, it affects so many things. It's a really key component in the body. And so imagine that we're trying to build a fire, right? Your TSH is your kindling and your T4 is your wood. No matter how much kindling you have or how much wood you have, you're never going to have a fire unless you have a match, right? So T3 is the match. That's your active thyroid hormone. And it's a very complicated process because your TSH needs to create T4. And that's what most doctors, conventional medicine gives medication, a synthetic T4, and they cross their fingers and say, I hope it converts. I hope it converts. But I see labs all day long, every day, and very few people convert. Some do, but the majority does not. And as you mentioned, the doctors aren't even testing to see if there's a fire. They're just looking to see if there's any kindling, right? We just want to see what your TSH is. And the problem is, is that if there is something wrong, we might not know, as you said, for years, because they will not do anything about it until your labs are already lab high. And we are just kind of guessing what's low, right? We don't even know what your T3 is and we don't know why if it's reversing. And I cannot tell you how many people I work with who come into my office, they are on Synthroid or some form of medication for years. It could be decades, 15, 25 years. And they don't even know if they have Hashimoto's. And then I find out, I test them and they do. So it really is critically important. If I can give one pearl today, it would be absolutely every time you get tested, test all nine markers of your of your thyroid. Mm, so that's a great analogy, by the way. I, I love that. And, and yeah, test all nine markers and also get somebody like Risa to look at it from a functional lens versus that standard reference range, because there's a big difference between what you're looking at versus a regular doctor, right? Exactly, exactly. And to your point, the thyroid hormone T3 is so important that every cell has a receptor site for T3. And you can't say that for all the other hormones. So that's how important it is. And that's one of the major reasons I've seen people do everything right. And I'm putting that in quotation marks when they're still struggling to lose weight, their energy's off. And if somebody has Hashimoto's thyroiditis and they have, they have no idea 
and they're eating gluten and they're eating all these lectins. I mean, they're making things worse and, and they have no idea. And you talk about, you know, low lectins and of course, Dr. Gundry endorsed your book and he's the, you know, low lectin guy. So uh, getting somebody to do this the right way and look at it the right way like you do with your patients is so critically important. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. We're going to get back to the thyroid when we talk about keto. But I want to get into your your book, right? Food Frame, which is a four-letter word. That's the subtitle. And you hate the word diet. I do too. I never call keto a diet. I call it a metabolic process. So what is your beef with the word diet? You know, it, it's been marketed as the immediate association is deprivation. And we should not be depriving ourselves. If your car needs gas, you say, no, 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 we'll wait. Let's wait till Thursday to put gas in the car. We don't do that, right? If our children are hungry, we feed them. We don't say, oh, no, 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 you've got, you need some calorie restriction. So I think the diet has been so marketed to this temporary deprivation that is, has a whole goal of weight loss. And weight loss is a side effect of wellness. And I wish we could say that, right, over and over. I say that all day um, because it is. I tell people when they come into my office, I, this is not a weight loss clinic. I am not putting you on a diet. You're going to eat real food, but you are going to lose weight. Everybody does. But if you're in a state of inflammation and your body is an attack, I always say to people, imagine that you have a fire raging in the basement of your home. And you've got somebody on the second floor saying, hey, would you mind helping me change the light bulb? You're like, what? I've got a fire in the basement. You want to change the light bulb? After the fire, you're happy to change that light bulb, right? But we've got a pressing issue here. And people go on these diets to change the light bulb when you're not even addressing how your longevity, the quality of your life, your homostasis in your body, you know, where's your inflammation? You know, inflammation is the driver of disease. I'd rather you be heavy and not in a coffin than thin in a coffin, mm -hmm. right? That's what my objective is. So I don't care what the numbers are on scale. I care what the numbers are on in the blood work, right? So that's, that's the roadmap. So that's how I do it. I love the rant and I agree. I agree. You don't lose weight to get healthy. You get healthy to lose weight. And that's where a lot of calorie counters are just doing people a big disservice. Did you ever along your journey as a practitioner, do the calories in versus calories out thing? Did you ever teach that in the past? Not as a practitioner, but as a human, I've done it all. Okay. I mean, we went no fat, low fat, high fat, you know, um, high carb, no carb. V you are a vegan as well. I, I am a former vegan, correct. You know, I thought that was a really good way to go. And then I saw my blood work, just my blood sugars just kept going up and up and up. And I wasn't eating pasta. I was eating beans, lots of grains and beans, because that was a great protein source. 
So what my whole methodology of food frame is, is that not one size fits all. So that's why I said diet is a four letter word because it's an eating lifestyle. And what we should be doing is eating according to what your current health status is. So if you have high blood sugars, you're a great candidate for keto or paleo. If you have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS or IBD, irritable bowel disease, or SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, you are for sure going to be, I'm going to recommend a low FODMAP diet for you. Mm -hmm. So it isn't that this, oh, there's this new book out here that's going to tell me how to lose weight, that it is not about that. You have to eat to your current health status, and that could change. So you always need to be abreast of your, you have current labs once a year, twice a year, and see what your health status is. So that's what I do. I, I use food as medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it can change. I would go as far as to say it will change. There's going to be a point where you're going to have to change it up. And your book talks about that. So the food frame, I mean, here's just a sentence I'm going to read for you. It's a guide that will help anyone identify the root causes of health challenges with functional nutrition guidelines and then eat to address and help them heal. It's such a great sentence. And I love it explains everything in one sentence. So the question people are going to wonder, and you have the answer to this question, how do I identify which approach is right for me? How do, is there a quiz or something I could take? So there is a quiz on my website at Risa Green Nutrition that's really easy to take. And it's only 12 questions and it determines pretty accurately what food frame is best for you. And I highlight six different food frames. I always recommend that you start with my detox because as I said, we're cleaning up the garage, some people don't ever detox, and it's really important to get those toxins out of the system. Yes, everybody loses weight, but it is not a weight loss program. It is to, you know, I had a client come in last week who I just started working with who had really horrible breakouts in her face and acne and all this dry peeling and then itching. She was just itching and itching and itching. And she had gone to the dermatologist, she had gone to the allergist who had sent her to me because she didn't know what to do with her. And I put her on my detox in one week. She came in my office just the other day and she lost three pounds. But she said that the greatest thing was that she's, her itching was 100% gone and her face had no breakouts. Awesome. So, and this is a person who hadn't detoxed for a while, right? So I could give you story after story, but it's so imperative to clean house. So we start with that detox because we store, I can go on and on about toxins, but we are, the FDA has approved 86,000, that's a new number, 86,000 chemicals for us to use. Most of them aren't even tested, which is the sad fact, but we're accumulating these toxins in what we eat and what we breathe and what we put on our skin. And, um, you know, just the average American female comes in contact with over 200 toxins just before she's left the bathroom each morning, right? You think about the makeup and the deodorant and what we're putting on our sheets. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Hair, beauty products, all that stuff. So we have to clean the house. So after we do the detox, then we go, I highlight six different eating lifestyles. So keto is one, paleo, low FODMAP, vegan, and low lectin, and vegan or vegetarian. And so it's imperative that you eat according to your health status so that that's how you find out. I find out the health status of people when I work with them in my office, because I do extensive blood testing and uh, stool testing. So I can look at root causes there. I have a roadmap. I can see what kind of health status they have and what diet type or eating lifestyle they should follow. I love that. Absolutely. Toxins are such an important topic. I talk about it a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who is mercury poisoned with eight silver fillings in my mouth and mycotoxin poison with my old house and mold. And I've done a lot of uh, research on toxins. And that's not even to count all the toxins we have in our household, like you said. So let's focus on keto as one of those tools you have in the shed. And that's important because keto is a tool. It's a great tool if you use it the right way, but it's not the only tool. I talk about that all the time. And I know that you agree with that because you just said that. But 88.2% or so of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. And that's according to a study from a UNC study. So it looked at triglycerides, it looked at high blood pressure, and it showed that about 88.2% of Americans scored bad. They scored out of the range. So only 12% of us are metabolically healthy. Crazy. Yeah. that's. um, I want to get the study right. I actually have it here. So it's from 
University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, only 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy, study finds. So they were looking, they looked at 8,721 people between 2009, 2016. And they looked at fasting blood glucose, triglycerides, HDL, cholesterol, blood pressure, waist circumference, and are they on medication? And only 12% of the people they tested are actually had optimal ranges and they're not on medication. So with that, I think keto could be great for those 88% of people. So how do you use keto? And what are some maybe, con- not, I shouldn't say controversial, what are some ways you do keto that you see is very different from the mainstream keto message? So just to give you your listeners a little bit more statistics, one out of three children born today will be type 2 diabetic. So to your point, we are growing and growing in um, metabolically unhealthy people, right? We have just, everybody has high blood sugar. At the end of the day, we're eating way too much sugar, we're eating way too much carbs that turn into sugar, and we're eating too often too. We're just, we graze throughout the day. So it's just a lot of carbohydrates and sugar. And, you know, as I talked about inflammation, high blood sugars brings you into third stage inflammation. And so this is a huge, huge driving factor for inflammation. So it is a huge topic for me. I look extensively at blood sugars. Not only do I look at fasting glucose and hemoglobin A1C, the average of the last three months, your blood sugar, but I look at C-peptide, our most stable marker for insulin, and it tells us how much your pancreas is pumping out and it determines if you're insulin resistant. And then I look at a fasting insulin. So I find in, in my practice, I see so many people with insulin resistance that is the step before diabetes. So, and this is 100% reversible. I know. And it's not that hard too to reverse it. Right. And I, we've seen in my office all the time. I mean, I yeah. get so excited when we reverse diabetes or prediabetes. I mean, it happens all the time. It's so, it's not because we have a deficiency in metformin. You know, I just, <laughs> you know, it's right. Right. So, we don't need a pill for an ill. We can use food to do this. I mean, if you even just go to the pharmacy and wait online for your medication, that's enough to make me want to change my diet, right? I don't know. We have just a lot of pills. So we don't have to. So I use keto for very specifically for anybody who is in a diabetic state. If you're a diabetic, then I am absolutely suggesting keto for you. If you are pre-diabetic, I will probably recommend keto for you. And then insulin resistance, I give it the option. I don't say I'm highly recommending this, but this is a great way to do it. We can also do it through paleo diet. If you're insulin resistant, we have a really good fighting chance to to turn that around. So who it's not good for, it's not good for people who have fat malabsorption. So I test everybody in a stool test for, it's a marker called steatocrit. And if, and I have people, I had one yesterday who, you know, people have a hard time absorbing fats. And if you don't take any uh, digestive enzymes, if you don't have that acidic environment, I personally, my enzyme max is my digestive enzyme I take every single day and people produce less and less digestive enzymes as we age. Um, that's why older people say, oh, I used to be able to eat that and I can't eat that anymore, right? If you're having trouble with regularity, you're having trouble with bloating, you're having heartburn, you're having acid reflux, you probably have a deficiency in um, enzymes. And in my enzyme X, I have not only all your pancreatic enzymes, I have your um, hydrochloric acid to help break down proteins, but I also have ox bile. So important. Ox bile is super important to break down fat. So if your steatocrit is high, I am not going to recommend keto for you. And the other scenario is if you have your gallbladder removed, I'm for sure gonna not recommend it. When we have our gallbladder removed, which is basically just a storage sack for our bile that our liver produces day in and day out, if you don't have that that storage unit, if it's been taken out, your liver's producing less bile, It be, your bile becomes very thick and coagulated, it becomes sludgy, and it kind of gets in through the whole system. So that's a person who needs some bile salts. Giving you more fat is probably not the ideal situation for you. You're speaking my language, Risa. I talk a lot about the liver and bile. Um, it's actually the number one reason I see people struggle on keto, even if they have a gallbladder. The fact of the matter is, going back to the toxins, I mean, 
the toxins are, we live in the most toxic world as ever before, but it's not just toxins, processed foods, the alcohol, the medications, and the liver. I call the liver the soccer mom organ because she does everything for us. Now it's producing this thick bile that you mentioned and we can't break down the fat. So yeah, ox bile, so important. HCL, so important for the protein. I love that you test the stools. Is there a, a, do you use like gut tumor? What do you use for testing? I use a GI mat from Diagnostic Solutions. Yeah, and it, it has 84 pathogens and fungus and candida, uh, worms, parasites, uh, all kinds of pathogens. It gives me a good feel of your microbiome, um, your opportunistic bacteria. There's a whole section there for potential autoimmune triggers. So I love that because if we can find a source in there, that's a really helpful area. And then my favorite section is the intestinal health area. So that tells me about your steatocrine, how many What's your, your production of your pancreatic enzymes? How's your secretory IgA, which is your immunity? Because 75 to 85% of our immune system is produced in our gut. So we clearly need to make sure we are um, having good army in our gut, right? If we take antibiotics, we just wipe that slate clean. So I have a really good idea. I'm testing for zonulin to see if there's any leaky gut. I'm looking at calprotectin, which is a uh, inflammatory marker for IBS or IBD. Um, and then I look at anti-gliadin. I look at an IgA, the antibody to gliadin, which is the protein and gluten. So I want to see, is, is gluten a trigger for you? How sensitive are you? I mean, we find celiac and then we find, I find that marker to be high, you know, fairly regularly, not, not the majority for sure, but maybe 10% of the time. And then I'm further testing. I want to see, is it cross-contamination? I'm looking, is there celiac? Is there autoimmunity? You know, what is it? I'm very, very thorough in my testing because we've got to know, right? I don't, I always, I'm not very good at playing darts with the lights off and I can't see the target. I'm just not that good. <laughs> None of us well, are good. On, right? Yeah, I love that. That's a great test. The GI map is a wonderful test. So I love that you do that. So overall, I mean, it's it's important to support the liver. Um, I always recommend bitters, you know, bitter for the liver. Not, not enough people get enough bitters. So get the bitters up. Now, when it comes to keto, the sweeteners are a big, big deal, especially with keto products and keto bars, et cetera. A lot of these keto, although they're keto friendly, they're not really health friendly or gut friendly. So maybe if you could share some of your safer uh, sugar alternatives versus the ones we want to avoid. Yeah. So the great news is we have some options, right? More so now than we ever have. And there's three that I highly recommend for everybody, whether you're on keto or not, but they're great for keto because what we're trying to do is decrease that uh, carbohydrate intake, right? And we're trying to not spike blood sugar levels. That's the whole point. So the very first one that I would recommend that I use in all my products, I have it in my collagen chocolate bar. I have it in all my collagen proteins. I use it for everything is allulose. And it's fairly newer on the market, but it's all natural. And it comes from figs or raisins or jackfruit. And it's a natural and it does not spike blood sugar levels and it does not cause gastric upset. But the greatest thing about allulose is it is basically the FDA makes you put down a carbohydrate, but it is actually not digestible to the body. So you don't glean any carbohydrates from there. So it's a free food. I rarely get to say that, but it is a free food and it's sweet. So it's, I think it's the greatest thing, right? So it doesn't break a fast is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't use a lot of, but any baking I do, I use allulose. All my people who are addicted to coffee and tea that they're sweetening it with something, I'm recommending allulose. So I, it's my number one favorite sweetener. And then second would be monk fruit. There is some carbohydrates in monk fruit, so you would have to go slowly with that or uh, use in moderation. Um, and I love monk fruit. It comes from uh, a fruit in China called Luhan Gao, and I love it. Does not spike blood sugar levels as well. It does not have any gastric upset, but the problem is it's expensive. So a lot of manufacturers who make monk fruit cut it with erythritol, which can, mm. if you have too much, it's going to spike blood sugar. It's going to give you gastric upset and it has some carbohydrates in it as well. And then the third one that I recommend is stevia, which is pretty much the same thing as monk fruit. It's not gonna give you gastric upset and it's not gonna spike blood sugar levels, but it is um, often cut with some erythritol, but, and it's great. And I know Truvia is a brand that is very uh, accessible to people, but it's a little bit more processed. So I always recommend just plain stevia in liquid or powder form 
and you can use that. So I love that. I'm, I'm aligned with that. And you know, the sugar alcohol, I think it's, and I want to hear your thoughts. Erythritol, xylitol, uh, I think could be okay for some people, but if you have SIBO or you have, if it disturbs your gut, then that's something you want to, it actually could be a, a signal that you might have SIBO. So what have you seen with that? What do I see with, with sugars like, and SIBO? Like if somebody has SIBO and they take um, uh, sugar alcohol, erythritol, xylitol, do they get oh, yeah. a flare up oh, most of the time? Oh, yeah. Big time, big time. Yeah. Blow up big time. So one of the things that I look for in my in my stool test is there's several markers that would indicate that there's SIBO. And I used to do the SIBO breath test all the time, but I don't do that as much anymore. It's a very it's a difficult test to do. It's not very accurate all the time, and it is just a lot of sugar. And so I can see it in the stool. Typically, we have a marker called methanobacteriaceae, which is methane gas production. And um, we're looking at bacillus and some streptococcus and uh, morganella, things like that, that would indicate that there's high likelihood of SIBO. And then I match that with a patient's um, symptoms. And if they're bloating all the time and it's not a digestive enzyme issue, likely that they do have SIBO. We match that usually with, it comes either with chronic constipation or chronic diarrhea. So mm. it's, we put that together and it's that's solvable. Also, it's very hard. Uh, it's very recurring, uh, but we can reverse low FODMAP. Um, I mean, uh, SIBO through low FODMAP diet. And uh, there's three ways to treat SIBO typically, but low FODMAP diet, I would recommend for anybody to accompany any uh, any path they choose to address SIBO. Yeah. Have you looked into... Because I had Dr. Uh, William Davis on last a uh, couple of weeks ago. We talked about his book, Super Gut. We talked a lot about SIBO and his book is really SIBO focused, but he mentioned a new test, a breath test, a machine, a meter called Food Marble Air uh, with an E at the end. Have you looked at that? Have heard of that one? No, but tell me, I'll look into that. Yeah, look into it. I'm curious to hear your feedback on it. He was he spoke highly of it, but yeah, in the past, I would do this, the, the stool test. I think the stool test is probably best because it's giving you other markers as well, but I'm just curious if you look into it, if you uh, see it fit for your patients. Yeah, I completely will because the hydrogen test is just, it's difficult. There's so much room for error and, and I've seen so many people that I could put money on it. They have SIBO and they come out negative. So Anyway, so I just, I don't rely on a blood test for SIBO. I don't rely on the breath test for SIBO, but I will order it for patients if they really want to have that test. That's fine. But I usually will see it in the stool test. What other tests do you order for your patients? So like, what are some of your top inflammatory markers? You mentioned C-peptide and I'm curious. I know for those who don't know, C-peptide is looking at the beta cells of your pancreas, which produces insulin. So if you're seeing a high C-peptide, versus a very low C-peptide. C Could you explain the difference in what's going on there? And then what are some other inflammatory markers you're looking at? Absolutely. So C-peptide is our most stable marker for insulin production, the beta cells. And so basically what we look for there is, uh, functionally, we like that number about 1.5. So both the conventional medicine community and functional medicine community agree that anything 2.0 or higher is insulin resistant. So again, for those listeners, it, it basically means we all have all these receptors on every cell, right? And they're sort of like the entry point to the cells. And inside every single cell, we have what's called mitochondria. And mitochondria are our energy factories. That's how we produce energy. And the fuel for that, if you're not on keto, is sugar, right? So carbohydrates and sugar, anything that turns into sugar is trying to get into that cell. Now, if you are insulin resistant, those receptors are closed, they're broken, they're hindered. We cannot penetrate that cell. So it's an extraordinarily effective way to gain weight. If you want to gain weight, just close that, that, that unit, that cell up, and then just park it into, into storage, right? And um, the other way to, to effectively gain weight is to give the cell more than it needs, right? So if we give it more than it needs, we just park the extra in there. And when we want to lose weight, we want to give the cell less than it needs so that we pull from the storage unit. So what happens when a C-peptide is uh, 2.0 or higher, that means you're insulin resistant. So those receptors are not really functioning optimally. So we're not really penetrating that, that insulin into the cell. So, and then that's the beginning of uh, diabetes. So that is one of the major ones that I test for. Um, and then I also look at inflammation. So 
The two major markers that I test everyone for right off the bat is uh, CRP, C-reactive protein, and that's more cardiovascular related, but that gives me a really good idea if they have a lot of inflammation. And sometimes those numbers are super high. Um, and What's the so highest you've seen? Actually, I saw a C-peptide one time at 112. Oh, you mean uh, C-reactive protein? I'm sorry, a C-reactive protein. 112. And, and there was something going on. I sent her to the emergency room immediately because I've never seen it. I gave her copious amounts of glutathione and turmeric. And then it was a temporary. I, we still don't know what happened. Like an injury or something like that would usually cause that. I've never seen it even remotely close to that. So I do see it the most common elevated numbers are around like 10 or 15 mm -hmm. maybe and those are very high yeah that's even high we want those below one so point anything and so typically people are maybe three to, to six and that's still very very elevated but the outliers are you know in that 10 you know those people are very very inflamed so i look at the, that the c-reactive protein and then i look at homocysteine and homocysteine is really important because that's our ability to detoxify our own toxins, right? Our heavy metals. And if homocysteine is elevated, we have a very difficult time doing that. And the other problem that we're putting together with uh, homocysteine is if it's above 12, and we like it about seven for brain health, six for heart health. So around that area, if you're above 12 and you're, and you're longstanding above 12, you have high likelihood for dementia and cardiovascular disease and macular degeneration, uh, you know, among others. But so that is a huge factor and it's very attached to uh, methylation. It's our, it's our methylation process. So that's why I always test for MTHFR because if you do have MTHFR, it gives you that, that is a gene that prevents you from methylizing or absorbing either your B12 and or your folate, your B9. And so if you're not taking a methylcobalamin form of B12 or, B or folate, then we likely see the homocysteine elevated along with the MCV, which is the size of your red blood cell. Those are two markers that I can usually tell if somebody has MTHFR. So I test for those two because drastically we will see tremendous improvement if we get those numbers down. And of course, it gives longevity and quality of life. And so those are really, really critical. And we do that. We get those done by diet and by supplementation. I do a lot. I have my Fab Five for autoimmune or anybody who's in the state of inflammation. So those are always going to be vitamin D, omega, my omega max, uh, turmeric max, uh, glutathione, and resveratrol. Those are all our, um, our dampen our inflammation. And then I look at um, iron, because iron is a big factor too, and ferritin, which is our, our storage for iron. If that is elevated, it's usually an acute phase reactant to some form of inflammation in the body. And then it, and there's an outside chance it's hemochromatosis where somebody is uh, storing a lot of iron. Uh, and you want to know if they have that. It usually happens to men, but it can happen to women, but more commonly it's with men. So I look at those. I look at all the different white blood cells. So I look at eosinophils, neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes. I'm always looking for a viral pattern or a bacterial pattern. And I will follow up with that. And usually, I don't think I've ever been, maybe one time I think I was wrong on Epstein-Barr virus. I test for Epstein-Barr virus and cytomegalovirus. But usually if there is a, a ratio there, I can see what kind of pattern it is. And I'll do some follow-up testing. And I see that a ton with teenagers in early, te early 20s. When they come into my office with fatigue and anxiety, it's huge. They usually have Epstein-Barr virus, which they can get from having mono at some point or just swapping spit with somebody who had mono. And it lives in a dormant state in the body until something activates it, lack of sleep, bad diet, lots of alcohol, too much stress. And then they become activated. And, and, and mainstream doctors don't usually test for that at all. Mm -hmm. So, And I've had people where they will have been tested with doctors and then they go, you're fine. And they don't treat it. So I treat it with homeopathic ways and it's great. We can reverse it. And I mean, it's great to watch these kids thrive after they have been suffering for so long with tremendous fatigue. Uh, that's so cool. I, I love those markers. So, so important. If you're listening or watching and your doctor's not ordering these tests, have the conversation with them or even better, go to Risa's website, which your website it is, uh, risagrewnutrition.com, which we'll put down below and hire Risa. It's, it's so important. 
If you're anything like me, you spend a lot of money on supplements each month. Have you ever thought these supplements are actually working for you? Are they attaching to your receptor sites and helping your cells do a specific job? What if you're not getting enough minerals? Or what if you have too much of something creating an imbalance in other minerals? Knowing this will not only save you money, but it'll also improve your health so you could balance out the vitamins and minerals that you really need. With that being said, how the heck do you know if you have a mineral imbalance? What I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that at the comfort of your home. In this case, I'm talking about my friends over at Upgraded Formulas and their upgraded hair test kit and consultation. When you discover the truth here and what's going on with your body, you can vanquish any of those hidden deficiencies that are affecting your metabolism, thyroid, adrenals, mental performance, endurance, strength, and sleep, just to name a few. I've had Barton Scott on the show before and he gave a masterclass on minerals. How this works is simple. You are sent a test kit and you use some of your hair. You just cut off a short piece of your hair. It could be on your head or pubic hair. You send it back to them and they have your results. They also offer a consultation to go over your results with you. It's simple, it's effective, and it's one of the best tests to know if what you're doing is working for you or not. If you'd like to get your hands on their deficiency test and consultation, head to upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 to receive 15% off your entire order. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below. And the homocysteine thing, you, I was going to ask you, like before you figured out you had MTHFR, was your homocysteine levels up? And they probably were. And then you went on folate and that just doing that, I'm sure dropped it down, yeah. right? So I figure out, I test for what kind, which alleles you have. And there's really several different um, uh, patterns you can have because there's two alleles, one for the B12 and one for the folate. And then you can have heterozygous or homozygous, meaning from one parent or, or both parents. And so you can have one allele with both parents or two alleles with one parent each. So it's good for the family to know. And, you know, if you do have MTHFR, the symptoms are um, ADD, ADHD, autism, migraines, which is very common, headaches, bipolar, schizophrenia, depression, and anxiety. That's the where I see a lot of anxiety with those people. And these are the people who I wouldn't recommend if you have the allele for B12, you are not a candidate for vegetarian. That is our, our our animal source is where we can get our B12. So you, I would not recommend vegan for somebody who has that allele to B12. And then uh, miscarriages and infertility. This is why my kids were six years apart because nobody ever tested me and I finally figured it out and, and tested myself and lo and behold, and all my family has it, right? My kids have it now and which is, you know, it's a hundred percent hereditary. So it's not a problem because we all take B vitamins. So it's good. But to not know, and I test everybody I work with for that, and I would say at least 90% of the people come back positive. Well, yeah, it's so important to test. So we might want to rewind that and kind of listen to those markers, ask your doctor if they could get it for you. If not, reach out to Risa. I do want to talk about a common problem I see in the keto space, right? We fall in love with keto. It works amazing if you're doing it the right way. But then you fall in love with it so much that you never change things up. You, you stay, you know, keto worked for me in the first two months. I'm going to stick with it. And now it's been a year or two years. I mean, there's so many problems that can come up when that happens. So if you could share why you believe keto is great. I know you believe it's great for some people, but why it's not something we do long term. You know, there's a lot of science out there that tells us that this is great long term. It's great for heart health. There's great long-term benefits to it. But in my experience, having done keto myself and having uh, worked with people with, who do keto, we were not built. I'm really conscious of how we're built and what we were made to do, right? I say to people all the time I work with, imagine your body's just like a sneaker factory, right? You've got all the equipment to make a sneaker. And if I give you leather, rubber, canvas, I know we're going to get a sneaker at the end, right? I may change in shape or size or color, but it'll be a sneaker. And if I want to put cell phone parts in your sneaker factory, what's going to happen? Well, we're going to break that equipment, right? So I'm very conscientious of what, what, what machinery do we have? We have machinery that works where our two main goals as living organisms are to survive and procreate. So if we're having issues surviving or procreating, I'm looking at why. 
right? It's not an efficiency of medication. So keto is great because it changes that fuel source from carbohydrates to fat. And there's tons of benefits for it, right? As you know, and your listeners know, but it's not how we were built to eat, right? We were built to have our fuel source and carbohydrates. So I think it's great to use it as a tool. I think it's great for a lot of ways. There's tons of science that show great things about it, but I don't think, and I think it's also hard to sustain. Personally, I just think it's very difficult to sustain, but it can be done. And some people really thrive on it. And I say to people all the time, if you feel great on keto, awesome. Take it in chunks, do it for three months, take a a month off or take a couple weeks off and take three months off and then go back to it. Don't use it as a diet, as a weight loss program, but use it, just get your body back into fueling with carbohydrates. Because I think we all need carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are not the devil. And every food has carbohydrates with the exception of animal protein and oils, right? Coconut cream, some particular fats don't have carbohydrates, but everything else does. All vegetables have carbohydrates. So we need it. That's what it was put on this earth to do, right? So that's where I think my personal opinion from my observations and from my experience and my research is uh, great in doses uh, and what term that is for, I think that's individual, what you feel best on. And if you start to feel not good, then get off of it, right? And certain things happen when we're in the state of ketosis too, right? Sometimes we have some bad breath, we can get a white coated tongue. Um, There can be some things. So I always say, just hop off. And when you feel like you're ready to get back on, you'll know. Yeah, well said. I love that. Great answer, Risa. Now, your book, um, where can they get your book? Where do you want me to send them to get food frame? And then share again your website and anywhere else you want them to check you out. I know you also have a course coming out too. So share all of that. Yeah. So um, you can find me on my website at Risa Grew Nutrition. And my book, Food Frame, is um, on, on my website as well as Barnes & Noble and uh, Amazon. And then my course, which I'm super excited about, it is Everything Thyroid. So it's called Achieving Optimal Thyroid Wellness, or I'm sorry, Achieving Optimal Thyroid Health. And I really should, I had a, you know, a, a, some a second thought that I should have just said everything thyroid because we cover everything, nodules, thyroidectomy, Graves disease, Hashimoto's, what to eat, what not to eat, what supplements to take, what supplements not to take, you know, everything, what, everything you need to know about your thyroid. Um, and so I'm super excited about that. That will be on my website at Risa Green Nutrition. Um, all my social media, um, Risa Green Nutrition, um, I'm on TikTok and all over the place. So really excited about all that. And I just want to reach as many people as possible to help them heal. People get so frustrated. They come in, I mean, like the last stop, usually they've been to doctors, they can't figure it out. They don't feel well. And I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I feel like the luckiest person ever. I get to watch people heal every single day. Well, you did it to yourself first. You healed yourself and now you're healing others. And I, I love the story. You went through it yourself. So Risa, thank you. We'll put your website, your social media, Everything that you just mentioned can be found down below. Go check out Risa. Go get her book. Buy the book for somebody you know. Start really diving deep into your health because Risa's right. You know, conventional medicine is not looking at cause and effect. They're just looking at effect. What Risa's referring to is, okay, if there's an effect, there has to be a cause. Let's identify that. So you did an amazing job explaining that today. I'm grateful that we connected. I look forward to doing more collaborations with you. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Risa. Go get her book. We dropped a link for you down below. It's called Food Frame. Diet is a four-letter word. Go check her out on her website, risagrewnutrition.com, Instagram, risagrewnutrition, Twitter, Risa Grew. We'll drop all that down below and make it easy for you, including all the notes and all the timestamps we spoke about. Check that out in the podcast notes. If you're interested in her work, go visit her website, go follow her on social media, and for sure, go get her awesome book, Food Frame. If this conversation was beneficial to you, please consider sharing it with somebody you know, copy and paste the link, put in a text message and say, hey, I think you'd enjoy this conversation. And please leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to today. 
that really makes this a big difference for the show. And I would really appreciate if you did that. Go get Keto Flex on Audible today. We'll drop links down below. I narrated the whole book and I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Have an incredible day and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.